Welcome to Mental Sight of the Game, a podcast exploring sports through a prism of mental health, social psychology, and sociology. And now, here is your host, Josh Webb. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Mental Side of the Game, a brand new podcast looking at sports through the prism of social psychology, sociology, and mental health. Uh, I'm your host, Josh Webb, and today I am pleased to be joined by, I mean, if you've tracked this guy's career, you go back to CFN, then he moves over to Bleacher Report, now with CBS, one of the best SEC writers in the country, probably the most temperament, which we'll get into in this podcast, but Mr. Barrett Sally. Barrett, how you doing, man? I'm good, Josh. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So I, I kind of want to dive right into this. We we, we were discussing via DMs uh, uh, some health issues that, that you had had, and while you're not – fully ready to say that it was all caused by work. You you kind of see a, a, a correlation there. Why don't why don't you tell that story? We'll start there as 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 a starting point. Yeah, well uh you know I, I covered this sport for a very long time, uh but on September thirteenth uh of this year uh I had a season uh, just seemingly out of nowhere, at least at the time I thought seemingly out of nowhere uh, at the gym, like at six in the morning, our neighborhood has a has a clubhouse and a, a gym is basically like a hotel gym. Um, there was only one person there. Usually there was nobody there, but that was you know I always got up early uh, to, uh, to to sort of get that done, whether it be at the gym, whether it be going for a run, whether it be doing something at the house, whatever. Um, kind of before the kids got up, uh, so I could. Uh, you know, take take care of them uh, and get to work, and and that was that was me putting pressure on on myself to to do that um, because I I had lost about 25 pounds in about a three month span uh, when I decided to get in shape back uh, in 14 15, uh, and you know I always wanted to find ways to make myself better, but I found what I what I realized is that I was putting too much pressure on myself, and that I was putting too much pressure on um, you know time management and and that there were better ways to do it um and, and so i you know it was it was work related in the sense that in this business especially during the football season you're kind of always on you know even when you're not working or technically not working you still sort of have to be in the know if you want to do this job right um and, and so what i what i realized is that I don't necessarily have to be on at all times. I mean, if I'm 30 minutes late to a breaking news story that I don't have to write about or talk about on the radio or whatever, the world's not going to end. Um, and, and if I, if I, it's easy to say no. And say, you know, I get hit up with a lot of podcasts. I get hit up with a lot of radio. I get hit up with a lot of that stuff, TV, whatever. And I, I found since then, flat out just saying no um, is very easy, and that most people understand that. Uh, you know, it, it's okay, you know, that I, I prefer to hang out with my family rather than spend 15 minutes on the radio at, at times, especially if it's in an opportune time when I had planned to be with the family anyway. And, you know, looking at the football side of it, I mean, you look at the SEC as a conference, and in, in the rigors of covering it, I, I do the Pac-12, and, and there's some fanfare there, but – I mean, even just SEC media days are a circus for those of us who are outsiders. How much 
do we not actually see? I mean, like, you know, you know how they say that the East Coast voters are never up to watch the Pac-12 after dark. I'm curious what the West Coast voters are missing in the SEC media scrums. Well, I mean, you're you're missing a lot because uh, you know it's, it's media days is, is just a circus anyway. I'm a I'm a firm believer that uh, it's designed that way and it's really it's not useful in terms of, of actually creating real content. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you're missing. I mean, there's a lot that goes on, you know, in that event that is that is different than than I think anywhere else because more so than anything else, that's a convention. And, and I think the the moment I realized that. Me writing a story about, um, you know, what Dan Mullen had to say that was rather vanilla at the podium is is not really newsworthy, A, um, and then B, everybody else is going to write that anyway. It, it, I think it changed kind of my approach to that, an approach to, to really anything like that because you have to find different angles. You have to find it, – it's such a – big media market in the sense that everybody's paying attention to it, whether it be local, regional, or national. You have to uh, approach it in different ways and, and, and understand that because everybody's going to write the same thing because they're all in the same room, you don't necessarily have to, you know, to do your job. Find a different way to do it. Have some fun. You know, be relaxed. Um, when, when Brett Bielema talks about a kneel down against Texas being borderline erotic, that's the best content you're going to get all week, <laughs> you know. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, what what that has taught me, and what what, what I think the covering the SEC in general has evolved uh, to the last last few years is that, you know, it's it, it's okay to have fun. It's okay to be serious. Well, X's and O's stuff is is great, and there's a market for that, and, and people do that well. And sometimes I have to do that, and, and I hope that I do it well. Um, it's okay if somebody else breaks a story. It's okay if, uh, if if you have a little bit of fun. It's okay to treat this as a game because it is a game, and and we're all here to have fun, even the people that want to scream and yell and kick their feet on the internet all day long. And speaking of man, it it seems to me now I've been on Twitter since two thousand and nine, and, and granted. I haven't always had the same following that I've had, so it's sort of been an evolutionary process. But just judging my interactions from, say, back in 2009 until 2017, it's crazy to me how much Twitter has evolved into a vehicle for so many other things. Now, we were kind of talking about the stress and and, and such of bringing work home with you. And and while I'm not specifically aiming to get you to talk about her at all, because she has nothing to do with the podcast, you look at somebody like Jamel Hill has her comments because sports and politics have sort of blended. She has her comments suspended by ESPN. It's whatever. But I'm curious, though. I'm curious. Have you seen the same just sort of overall transformation of of Twitter in, into like this, this I, I don't even know what it is now, but is it different? Do you see a difference? Yeah, it's way different, but it's it's also a reflection of how political discourse and 
and really to a lesser extent, or not a lesser extent, the exact same extent, sports discourse uh, has evolved over the last 10 years. I mean, you go back to look, um, you know, at the last presidential election, you go back and look at the presidential election from 2012, you go back and look at the presidential election in 2008. Uh, people don't care what what the other person is saying when they're discussing topics, no matter whether it's politics, whether it's, you know, sports, whether it's whatever. People legitimately don't think about what the other person is saying. They think about what they're going to say next. And and that's that's on both sides of the aisle. That's on both that's on both sides of a football discussion. That's on in, in, in every sort of aspect. I think um, the ability and, and the ease in which we all have discussions now uh, because of technology has has sort of stripped us of having actual discussions. It's basically just everybody kicking and stomping their feet. And, you know, I, I think um, that's on, on, on Twitter. Twitter is, I think, uh, clearly, uh, I would say, more liberal than, than real life, like the rest of the world. Uh, I, you know, I don't really care either way what people vote, whatever, but I, for whatever reason, I see more, more liberal stuff than conservative stuff. Um, but I, I think on both sides, it's like, well, you know, you guys are just because you know someone you know either approves or doesn't approve of a tax plan or or thinks you know one one way of of midterm abortions or the other that doesn't mean they're a bad person that that means that they have real opinions and uh, I think what what's happened is the the ease in which we've we've you know sort of evolved into communicating and discussing things it just it's it's robbed um hat from from both sides of of any given discussion and i hate that because like i mean i'll be honest with you i mean i i lost a daughter 17 weeks into pregnancy and i fight like hell every single day to raise awareness for uh mid and late term um pregnancy loss because i mean i held her she's a real person and i'll fight for that and i will and i will continue to do that um and, and when when I see people talking about how, like, they just assume that she's not a real person, that, that hurts my heart. And, and you know, I can't, you know, legitimately go out there and fight that battle on social media because, again, no one's going to listen to what I have to say. It's just going to – they're going to be thinking about what they're going to say next to prove me wrong, and that's not the point of this. Yeah, and and, and I find that – there's so rare – rare is the time when two people sit down on Twitter and, and you get that sort of discourse of saying, okay, tell me why you feel this way about abortion or politics or Kaepernick or uh, uh, paying players or whatever whatever the topic that you pick. You don't see somebody saying, hey, sit down. Tell me what you think. And then from there, they listen to what the other person thinks. And out of that, in, in a perfect world, mind you, uh, a compromise is born. Now, that's obvious. Well, that's the thing. We're, all, we're a hot take society. Like, compromise is boring. It's the truth. That's, I mean, that's, that's sort of that's sort of where we're at. But 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 compromise is the thing that should be happening out of all of this. It's not. It should. Uh, but instead, it's exactly what you're saying. It's it's people are loading up their next talking points as like I'm not even sure they read the reply. Like I think they no. just look for one or two keywords. Yep, they're in there. Bing. <laughs> yeah, and, and and then and you automatically jump to like 
the complete extreme side, one way or the other. Like, you just assume that that's the case. And it's not. I mean, it, it's not. I mean, it's, you know, I think you mentioned Jamel Hill earlier. I mean, like, I'm not going to, I don't honestly pay attention that much to, to, to media folks getting suspended or whatever. Like, I, I whatever. Like, uh, but when you do, when you do sort of suggest that that your the company you work for's business partners should be boycotted, I I get both sides. I I understand she's got freedom of speech. I understand ESPN has a right to get pissed off. Like whatever. Like it's not that it's not a huge deal. It's 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 done with and it's over. Move on. And that's sort of the the thing that I've I've always it's like you can see both sides in in many issues like the one that constantly comes up for me in USC is is I see people arguing about this I even saw somebody arguing about this last week and it comes down to Bush and Pete Carroll because Reggie Bush has never actually admitted any wrong nor apologized to the university and given anything back other than his Heisman you have people who are pissed off at Bush and sometimes only Bush or Bush and Carol uh, for leaving the state, uh, uh, the program the way they did and, and left it in the state that they did with the sanctions. And, you know, people are, are of the mindset, like, forget it, screw it. It's over. Let's move on. Like Reggie was a part of the family and you still have other people that are like, no, dude, like as a USC fan, I suffered through, I don't know how many years of sanctioned football, watching us pick up 15 or 16 kids while everyone else loaded out their classes. I'm kind of pissed about this whole thing still, especially when we found out the NCAA lied. And I look back and I tell these guys, I can see both sides of this. Like, I truly can. Like, if you want to be mad at Pete Carroll, be mad at Pete Carroll. It was his job. The buck stopped with him. You know? I, it's just, it's weird. People have to find fault with one or the other. They can't look at a situation and say, we all share a little blame here. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and it's, it's it's the truth. People want to always sign blame. And, and and they don't get over it. And and that's the the strange thing is that like grace is just absent. And, and uh, not to get all preachy, but I'm a pretty religious person. Jesus taught grace. Like he said, I forgive you right before he was crucified. And what whatever you believe in in any religion, whatever it is, that message should still apply no matter what, because life's too damn short to worry about stuff that has nothing to do with you um you know it's it's whether it be stupid little hoa problems in a neighborhood which i'm dealing with right now because the crazy lady's trying to hijack halloween which is a completely separate story i will forgive her once i you know kind of finish fighting the battle but you know it's it's one of those things like grace is is a wonderful feeling uh to, to give and receive um, if you give it, you, you feel like you can move on from whatever was bothering you. And if you get it, you feel better that, you know, people aren't persecuting you one way or the other or holding something against you that either is either is fair or not. Um, you know, we're all here, you know, living this life together um, and, and trying to do the best we can. 
and yet we still try to sit here and, and try to dwell on, quite frankly, really dumb things at times, and it, just, it, it does bother me. Yeah, one of the things that bothers me are sort of the labels that get tossed around. Like, I realize that in this politically charged world, you've got labels of Democrat and Republican. And it's like, you know, I wonder how many people feel like, and and this isn't to get into politics to say, it's just more superficial, but I wonder how many people out there truly feel like, you know, I kind of don't side with either party. Like, I have liberal social policies, but I believe in saving money. You know yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I believe that gay people should be able to do whatever the hell they want. However, I don't think that we should have a, a national debt of I don't know how many trillions <laughs> of stuff. That, that's just my per- – it's just my personal opinion, you know? And then and, and it's like these things turn into, you know, somebody's going to attack us. How dare you guys support gays? And the gays are the ones raising, you know, and it's just, what the hell? Where does this stuff come from? It's like somebody's lying in wait. And and what what happened to that? Like, when I was growing up, my friends, they all had social policies, you know, economic policies, but it wasn't as vitriolic as it was. What the hell happened? No, I mean it's 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 insane that that it's it's gone. It's the hot take society, you know, the people that 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 scream the loudest and have the most div- the divisive opinions get the most attention. And and radical moderates, like I I would imagine you are, and kind of like me, like I, there aren't many of us that seem like we can, you know, be out there and and form our opinion and and state our opinions because nobody listens because they're not hot takes, like they're not. They're not, you know, on the extreme one side or the other. And I'm kind of with you. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty social moderate. I mean, like, whatever. If you want to get married, fine. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> you want to be happy. God loves us and wants to be happy. Whatever. Does not bother me at all. I'm kind of fiscally conservative. I don't want to have a huge debt either. So I'm kind of with you. Um, but you know, though, that is. It's so absent in in politics, and it's the same, and and it, it sort of bleeds into sports too. Like, you know, it's I, I've been asked for three straight weeks, what's it going to be like when two SEC teams get in the playoffs? Guys, it's freaking October. Like, <laughs> let's let this thing bleed breathe a little bit. I mean, my God, I mean, it's just, it's it's. You know, the, the, there's there's no room for for just middle of the road opinions in anything now, and 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 that I think is 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 something that you know I, I've sort of taken to 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 my home life because you know I work from home. I you know I, I could always be working if I wanted to, and and I don't, and because because I want to go spend time with my kids. I want to go you know make sure I have quality time. Uh, with 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 my family and stuff. So when you know it's it, my focus instead of you know kicking and screaming about one thing or the other, whether it be a sports take or a you know a, a left wing take or a right wing take or whatever, I'm just focused on. I I I said screw it. I I don't. It's not going to matter. Like it, it doesn't matter. So what does matter is being a good dad, being a good husband, you know, raising a good family, and focusing that way. Um, because that's what ultimately matters. That's that's the, that. Those are the people that actually can be influenced in my life. Because some random dude on Twitter really is not going to care 
one way or the other what I say. All that, that person wants to do is argue. Yeah, you know, I'm curious, man, because all conferences are heated, and 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 we'd be foolish to think that these debates don't take place in other conferences. But I'm just going to use the whole. It just means more to to, to SEC fans, and and I want to talk a minute about those arguments because I sit back and watch them. Really, sometimes that's all you can do, like. Even publishers just get involved going back and forth with one another uh, uh, on, on team sites and such. How has the landscape of what you do in the SEC changed from your days with CFN to Bleacher Report to now CBS? Like, what what sort of changes have you seen, even just in yourself or in your surroundings, as you, as you've progressed throughout your career? Well, I think um, you know it, it's it's the way people you know consume content changed. Uh, we've all heard the pivot to video stories. That, I mean, uh, look, I understand, you know, people pivot to video, but I think people do watch video. Like, it depends on, on your demographic. It depends on, on who you're trying to reach. And, you know, I, I think what has changed mostly for me is that the, the on-the-field analysis, uh, you know, people want to hear it, but they also want more with it, if, if that makes sense. Because I could sit here and argue – you know, why Georgia's defense is is next level good and is going to destroy, you know, Florida or whoever else, you know, it doesn't matter what team. But they also want to make sure that I, that they hear that Georgia's going to destroy that team. Like I, I could, I, I could write a, write a, you know, 3,000 word piece on why, you know, year two in Mel Tucker's system has paid off for guys like Lorenzo Carter and Davin Bellamy and Trent Thompson or whatever. But that also has to coincide with, Oh well, they're you know college football playoff good, which they are. But you, it, it, you have to sort of weave those two things in now, otherwise it's just going to get ignored, and that's fine. I mean, that's that's still good content. It's just it's different than than when I started. I mean, I, I started at CFN in '08. I worked in TV from '02 to '04, and and things have evolved quite a bit since then. Um, you know, it, and you know people always want to. You know, talk about the embrace debate sort of mantra that that'll that not only you know ESPN blog companies have that, um, but that's true. I mean, it's it's basically what what we've all sort of evolved into is a, a mixture of analysis, you know, recaps and sports talk radio, which is fine. Um, it's just it and and the one thing I don't remember a lot from college um, because I partied a lot, but. Uh, the one thing that, that I remember a teacher telling me, his name was Rick Smith, he said, in this business, con- they called it convergence at the time. Convergence is uh, going to be the future of sports media. And, and what he meant at the time is that you can't just be a good writer and recap a game. You can't just be a good talk show host and get you in and out of breaks and do reads. You can't just be a good you know, TV host and toss a commercial. You've got to do all those things. You've got to be a good analyst. You've got to be a good writer. You've got to be a good radio host. You've got to be a good radio analyst. You've got to be a, you, you have to do all those things because if you're going to be successful, that's the only way you're going to be able to do it one, the way this is evolving. And that's true. And, and that's something that sort of um, I realized um, back when uh, 
you know, that it, that it actually came to fruition back when I started at CSN in 08, and then at Bleacher in, in 2012, 2013, 2014, and 15, and, and then into 16 and 17, you know, we had video, we had radio, we had a Sirius XM channel. Like, all that stuff was under one umbrella. I did DFS work here locally, did 11 Alive work here locally. Like, you sort of just had this convergence of, of everything, and some of it was under some one umbrella. A lot of it was under different umbrellas. But either way, you got to piece all of it together. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's strange because I, when I went to school, uh, my degree was in sociology originally, and and then I, I've never actually taken a journalism class in my life, and then I got a degree in uh, public policy, but I wrote my master's thesis on the BCS. Like, nearly everything I did in school had this sort of, like, college football pinge. Uh, I can't even remember how many papers I wrote on the Sandusky situation um, as that happened. So it it it, it was kind of strange to me to to see a lot. You know, this pivot to video. I'm kind of shocked over the fact that. A lot of these people don't have those sort of uh, abilities anyway, like you said, you know, being able to do it all. Because even coming into the industry, I knew that I was going to have to, A, be on the radio, be on TV, like sort of all of it. And you have to be able to project that and project that well. Um but at the same time, you also have to be careful not to overload yourself so much that you then break, bring your work home with you. And I think that that includes drama that goes on at your work. Um, how do you avoid that? I mean, it, I know that it, it, it happens to me. It's just going to happen. Like, I bring it home with me, whether I'm agitated or, or whatever. It does happen, but not as frequently as it once did. What, what's that been like for yourself? Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that it could be a lot worse. I mean, I, there used to be times where I'd, I'd get frustrated with, you know, um, you know, people yelling at me on Twitter, disagreeing, whatever. Uh, and, and that would affect me well after I, you know, shut the laptop and started doing whatever I was doing. Um, you know, whether it be frustration with, you know, producers or whatever, doesn't matter. There, there, a long time ago, I used to get, you know, that that would affect me and it would sort of change my mood. And, and I think, honestly, what, what changed it for me was back in, in 15, in like November, it was actually the day after um, the the terrorist incident in uh, in Paris, the Bataclan and that whole thing, right? Um, there was, that next day, it was college football Saturday. And... Um, the I had I had people posting my address on Twitter and, and talking about coming to get me and my family and stuff like that and I had to file a police report. Um police came to the house, you know, all that stuff. And I realized like, okay, that's the time to take it home with you. <laughs> like that's the that's the time that it needs to affect you personally and change your mute, mood and all that other stuff. But the other stuff is just it's just it's not worth it. I mean and that's why 
you know, I'll still have fun with people on Twitter and people think that they're making me agitated or they say that they're getting me agitated or whatever. Like it's just, it's fun to me uh, to, to engage people like that and come up with one liners, whether they be funny or to, to everybody else or just funny to me. Um, and just be social on social media. Um, because, uh, it could be a lot worse. And, and when instances like that do arise and they have in the past since that time, then you deal with them. But, um, the other stuff, I mean, this is, it's work and it's, it's supposed to be fun. And if you can combine the two, that's fine. And if that means that you have to shut up, shut off Twitter for a while, that's, that's fine too. But for the most part, it's just, um, that incident was the, the, the eye opening experience to me to say, Hey, look, like this other stuff, you know, once you're done, you're done. Don't, don't move, don't move anywhere else. Uh, don't, don't, don't let it fit anywhere any, any longer than it needs to be other than you know how long it takes you to, to come up with a 140 character retort or decide not to retort at all yeah there used to be a time when when i would voraciously go after people who came after me now it's just sort of like i'll retweet them and you know let either let the followers pick them apart or i'll just give them their 15 seconds of fame because i don't really care it doesn't bother me one way or the next i'm sort of like you i i i'm somewhat in awe of the people who sit there and swear that you're getting upset and i'm like i wish i could take a picture i'm like no i'm sitting here drinking a coke yeah. Like in my, I got it in my hand. I'm watching football on on the television right there. Like I'm, I'm definitely not throwing shit at the walls. It's cool. We're all good. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. So, I, 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 I don't get it. I don't get why that's the the, the common refrain online. Um, a couple last things. What's up? No, I'm here. Oh, okay. I thought you were starting. A couple last things here as as we wrap up. You know, one of the things about this industry that can be frustrating, there, no doubt, there have been a tremendous amount of setbacks for a number of people over the past year. Like a lot of people are coming up belly up. Uh, in the job department, and that includes a lot of amazingly talented writers. Uh, I don't, I don't even consider myself one of those people. But but there are there are people with far larger followings and far larger contributions to sport media uh, out there that that are jobless. Um, as you look around your your changing landscape and you see a whole bunch of people pivoting to video. Now I know you have no issues doing that. I've seen your videos on CBS. I go to open up a Ben Kirchable article and there's Barrett right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um can, can you talk about it, if it's even there? Do you do you live in a world that does have, even if it's just a nagging thought at the back of your head, like maybe one day you're going to wake up in your world's worst dream and CBS is like, A, you forgot to wear pants to work, and B, we're <laughs> pivoting only to video. Like, do you live with that fear? 
Not really, because I mean, I I, I feel like it's always best to, to know that there's always there's always an option. There's always something in store. There's always a plan. Uh, and incidentally, I mean, I, most of my if I wear more than gym shorts, that's like a huge day for me. Um, but, um, you know, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, look, it's an evolving business. I get that. I mean, I got laid off from police report in, in February because basically day-to-day coverage was changed to, you know, 5,000 word long form features and funny gif from the internet. And that's it. Um, you know, that's, that's the business. You know, that's, you're going to have change. You're going to have to adapt. And, um, you know, I think what always, you know, sort of resonates in the back of my mind is that, there's the thrive for content doesn't change. I mean, it just doesn't. In fact, it's, 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 it's actually, you know, that thirst is, is probably a little bit uh, bigger than it ever has been. So there's always going to be something. And um, I'm also a firm believer that, look, I mean, God doesn't throw anything at you that you can't handle. And, and, and that's, that's whether it be personal, professional, whatever, Um, you know, there's, there's, there's always a way and um, it may not be the most comfortable way. It may not be the most ideal way. It may not be according to your plan. Uh, that plan was, is, was never in our control anyway. And, and I, I've given up a long time ago. Uh, you know, like I said before, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty religious person. I, I've given up a long time ago um, trying to, uh, make sure that my plan was the way it had to be because it, it's not my plan at all. It, it's never been my plan, and it never will be my plan. I'm <clears throat> I, I I grew up very very religious. Um, I think it was right around college that I became sort of I don't know. I, I don't even know what the hell I'd call myself. I can have endless debates with, you know, the full-on scholars on the subject, but it's one of those things that, I don't know, I just kind of drifted away from. But at the same time, I I hear what you're saying, because the vast majority of my early life – the parts where I feel like you in college, I drank a lot, but I didn't start college until a little later, and then I kept going in grad school. So I almost in college for nearly a decade, all told, with advanced degrees, and, and there was so much damn drinking during that time, and, and, and I spent a lot of it trying to control my future, saying, like, all right, this is what's going to happen. And the more I tried to control my future, the less control I had over yep. my life at all. Because it, it, it consumed you. Yeah, yeah, it really did. It, it just consumed me, and it got to the point where I had nothing left because it had taken everything from me. And then it came to a point where it's like, all right, I need to, A, either quit drinking like this, or, B, it's just going to end up getting worse. And I chose option A, and, and I've I've done a fairly decent job of trying not to control my life. But I'll tell you what, though. This business, for every good person that you do meet, 
this is a very cutthroat business, and people that have smiles on their faces have done some of the shadiest stuff out there, you know, and it's mm -hmm. just it, – it can be frustrating, especially if you're at the, at the lower end of the totem pole. How did you stay with it and, and push forward? How were you able to from those days at CFN? Like, did you just tell yourself, see the target, be the target, you know, kind of mantra? Or or was it a little less fluid than that and, and, and more fly by the seat of your pants? I mean, I just, I, to, to me, it was just more about, you know, just make it up as, as desirable as possible in, in any way you can. And... And that I think is, you know, it's to, for each individual, it's a different, a different way to do that. And for, for me, I, I just tried to, you know, take this for, for what it is. And that's a fun sport that's enjoyable to cover that people enjoy as a, a release and, and not, um, not treated as life or death, even though sometimes, <laughs> especially in the Southeast, uh, it does does seem that way. Um, you know, I, my whole thing was just like, look, you know, this is this is a cutthroat business. I get it, but um, this is what I want to do. Uh, I'm going to do it as, as best I can. And if 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 people, you know, screw me over along the way, fine, uh, I'll move on. Uh, I'm not going to dwell on that. Uh, I'll, I'll remember it and and use it as a learning tool moving forward. And and that's what I've done. And um, you know, it it. it, it the biggest thing for me is is always adapt and always just um, understand that 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 more times than not people are not actively trying to 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 go out of their way to hurt individuals. Unfortunately, decisions that are made do hurt individuals, but that's that's not personal. That's not you know something that needs to be dwelled on. That's something that needs to be learned from. And and so I've I've tried to avoid those situations as much as possible. But like I said, I mean, you know, I got laid off in February from from BR, which I, everybody knew was coming. But um, you know, it's just it's one of those situations where um, you know it's it, it is what I hate the phrase it is what it is. But you know, it, it, it it's not. I, I'm not in a situation where, and, and I don't think this people in this business are in a situation where, like one negative turn is it, it just means the end of a career um m more times than not especially if you look in the right places other doors do open yeah 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 i took the negative turn uh process um no really i i completely understand what for you do you think has probably been the craziest you don't have to necessarily use names i'm not looking for a bad story i'm looking for just along your sec travels what is one story that maybe you haven't shared on twitter that 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 can summarize the sort of craziness or or entertainment that goes on in covering the Southeastern Conference. Like maybe one day you went to, to go rent your hotel and there were a whole bunch of people dressed like Alabama title guy, uh, ring guy or whatever, uh, checking in at the front lobby, just something like that. Um, the, the strangest thing was I covered the kick six, right? So like it, it, it's, uh, you know, 
at, at Auburn and really basically any any SEC school, they let you down in the field for the final five minutes uh, if you're up in the press box. So we were down in the field, um, you know, when that happened, and um, that was chaotic, uh, <laughs> to say the least. Um, and so that game ended. It was four or five hours later. Um, that's probably more than that, actually. Um, I had to – I got dropped off near campus um, to, to go to work that day, and the hotel I was staying at was probably four miles away. Um, so I had to call, um, you know, my wife. My wife's uh, an Auburn fan, so she went and uh, – I had to call her from the hotel to pick me up, but she couldn't get to campus um, because it was still obviously – People were going nuts. So I had to walk through downtown and walk down the side of the road, probably about two of the four miles to the police station, which is as far as she could get. And, I mean, the entire way, I mean, just literally two miles was nonstop revelers about six hours afterwards. And I had, I mean, I hadn't, I mean, I've been to crazy New Year's Eve parties. I've been to, you know, I've been to a lot of stuff in my day. I have never seen a celebration like that. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine that being absolutely enormous. I uh, the, the so I I was listening to the game I, on the the using an app on my phone because USC and I forget who they were playing, but I was down at the Coliseum to to, to cover the game. And I'm walking from over by the Coliseum back to the main part of campus to meet up with my friend Roy, who's on Twitter as USC Psycho. And uh, as I'm walking back, I hear this massive, massive roar just go up from the Coliseum because they'd had the Alabama-Auburn game on the on the 90-foot big screen. And so I'm, like, looking around asking people what happened, and there are people in their little tents, and they're like, dude, you're never going to believe the ending to the Alabama-Auburn <laughs> game. you got to get in here. And I went in there, and I watched it, and I'm just like, how does this even happen? Like, yeah. how does this even happen? So, yeah, no, it was crazy to see just how much the kick six, like, on both coasts. I'm not kidding. The Coliseum just shot up in this roar. Maybe it's just that people wanted to see Bama lose so bad. But, I mean, I, I haven't seen the Coliseum roar that loud since, man, going back to the Matt Leinart days. Um Small joke. All right, so uh, the last thing I'm going to ask you here uh, is I want to know, how do you – how do you spend your time unwinding, decompressing, whatever it is? How do you, like you say, not take work home with you? And sort of check your ego at the door, if you will. Well, I mean, it's it, you know, I've got a pretty tight knit community here, and you know, family stuff. Um, you know, whether it be you know playing football or soccer or whatever. I don't even like soccer, but my son, you know, I play soccer with my son all the time in the backyard. But you know, play with my daughter. You know, she's 21 months now. Um, you know, saying to her, play with her. She's in that age now where she's into everything and falling off of everything. So you know, just yeah, that that's that's the 
that's how you do it because that's what's most important anyway. And being able to to enjoy time with them and then also with my friends or their friends or all of our friends together and, and have them play to, the kids play together. Like that's that's it. That's that's all that matters because that's that's far more important than anything that that goes on with work. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, family is is always and will always be first for me um and you know so you know even now uh since i had my seizure on september 13th um i by state law i can't drive for six months which really sucks mm-hmm. to get uh, <laughs> yep. really logistically work around and i can't do a lot of other things as well for for a long time but you know so i don't i mean most of the time you know half the time i was traveling games anyway um but now i really can't travel to games unless they're here uh in atlanta so um, you know, kids come over, they hang out, friends come over, they hang out. I'm, you know, kind of perfected the art of, of dipping in and out of conversations and into my laptop when I need to. And, and that's, you know, sometimes it's okay to, to blend work and, and play, especially on Saturdays, because, you know, it's, it is a work day for me, but it's not for everybody else. And I understand that. Um, and I think the biggest thing is, is, hey, look, you know, understand that, you know, when I'm out with, you know, my friends or at a high school for my, my son's in a private school, K through 12 school, and they have a high school, a high school team. If I'm at that game, you know, all, all of my friends and my kids, friends who are there too, they use football as a release. So, um, that's the time where, you know, it, it does get a little dicey because they want to talk about football with me. I don't necessarily want to talk about it with them, but, you know, uh, practicing well, yeah. a lot of patience, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's hard to do, but, you know, you have to do it, and that's fine. That's the worst right there, because when you get off work, you don't want to talk football, but then as soon as you get in the door, your buddy's like, hey, man, so what do you think of this game this weekend? How do you think it's going to happen? And it's like your best friend. So you don't yeah. want to piss him off. You don't want to say, hey, man, I don't know if you know this, but when I get home from work, I generally try not to talk about work. <laughs> but it just never goes that way. I it doesn't that go that way. way. Yeah, my time is everyone else's, and I have no time for for my things, which are comics, uh, uh, video games, and, and television. I like to catch up on television, damn it. So... I, I don't know, man. Pe- people are stealing that from us. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's, you know, and, and that's, it's frustrating at times. But it's the best thing It's grace. It's understanding. It's understanding, you know, where other people are coming from and, and you know, and, and that relationships are the most important thing and and that in, in this business, whether, while, you know, while it's stressful and while it's sometimes um, cutthroat or whatever, it's you know we 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 could be doing other things that are far less enjoyable for a living. So you just you sort of just have to deal with it. All right. So before we get you out of here, the one thing that I like to uh, give every guest a chance to do is one: if you have anything you wanted to ask me, you go right ahead. But also. Um, I also like to give our guests a chance to talk about any projects or stuff that they have upcoming and can talk about slash just drop and want to draw attention to, as well as where people can find you on social media. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess the, the one thing is glad you're doing all right um, and, and keep up, uh, keep fighting. And then, for you know, for, for my stuff, it's just it's very silly on Twitter and Facebook. And there's CBS content on the written and video side. There's podcasts with 
smothered and covered and college football hangover and you know all that other stuff and yeah that's 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 where i am that's where i'll always be <laughs> well man i really appreciate you taking time out today to to talk about this stuff and hopefully if any of you listeners out there you know maybe you pick something up maybe a technique maybe a trick some way for you guys to de-stressify your lives as you manage <laughs> college football writing and uh and just the normal life so for the mental side of the game i am josh webb you can find me on twitter at fight on twist t-w-i-s-t uh is how that's spelled um and uh, like barrett i will have the uh we'll both have little blue checks next to our names so we won't be hard to find uh we'll back next week with another guest to talk about another fun issue so for the men's side of the game i am josh webb and we will catch you next time You've been listening to an episode of Mental Side of the Game. As always, we would like to thank our guests for taking time out of their day to join us. We would also like to thank our sponsor, Blog Talk Radio, without whom none of this would be possible. If you'd like to follow Josh on Twitter, you can do so at FightOnTwist, all one word, where he is always open to discussion and questions on these topics and many others. We'll catch you next week here on the show. And remember, if you haven't gotten to where you're going, chances are you're probably not there yet. Thanks for listening.